Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings. Download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Monday, Luke Stuckmeyer, Cody Del Mendo, Ryan Herrera coming to you as we get closer and closer to spring training. What are we, 10 days away from pitchers and catchers at this point? Close. Something like that, nine days. February 20th, the first full team workout. So we're uh, we're getting 52 close. 52 days. 52 days until opening day. 52 days to opening day. That is close. Yeah. Uh, we got some stuff to talk about today. We have that new, uh, the official list of non-roster invitees that are going to be there at spring training trying to make the roster. Uh, 32 guys. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the uh, show podcast with John Heyman talking to Jed Hoyer last week. And if there's anything we can kind of pull out of that and read between the lines a little bit, we'll tell you about what we've got coming up the rest of the week. Uh, and of course it's, uh, you know, not baseball news, but it is Super Bowl week. Are you, are you a little excited about the Super Bowl coming up? I am. Cause I think it's a good matchup. Finally. I'm actually sad because it's the last football game I'll get to bet on for like eight months. <laughs> so you got, I already tweeted, you got to savor, you got to savor what football we have left. Obviously, you know, this is the Cubs show and like baseball is my first love. Uh, but a degenerate's paradise is football season. And that's a fact. No well, one will nice. ever tell me otherwise. Yeah, it's nice because you know you have all day Saturday and all day Sunday. Like there are specific days of the week set for you yes. to be your degenerate self. So the other five days you can. <laughs> I, I love baseball. Be... I love it. But I hate gambling on it. I, I, I will. I, it's the worst. It is the worst to bet on. And the reason is, is because it's so random and you can't predict anything about it. And at least with football, you there, there's some there there's some sort of there's some sort of like predictability for a lot of it. So yeah, uh, yeah. Hey, savor it, savor it, guys. And uh, also, by the way, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube page. Best way to check us out: subscribe, give us the likes, the five stars, the old the thumbs up thing from Joe Madden when he's out there. Uh, if you're on Spotify, make sure you give us a five star review. We'd appreciate that. We'd like you to catch the Apple Podcast people. Yeah. I used to be an Apple guy. Now I'm switching over to Spotify. Oh, and uh, honestly, I don't know why. Just thought I'd mix it up a little bit. You know, I throw a, like, throw a wrinkle in there. I do want to report breaking news, by the way. Uh, the streak is over. Oh, no. Yeah, the streak is over. But I was able to cut it short at one. Uh, my mother-in-law made her famous sugar cookies yesterday and so i had a paul bunyan sugar cookie that was frosted as first reported on chgo cubs first reported here as uh, a sweet yep yeah. first sweet of 2023 it happened and it's over and now we move on <laughs> uh, also to, what was your favorite part of the streak oh man uh was like watching his face <laughs> watching his face whenever someone else brought sweets into the oh, office when those was, cupcakes were at the office, what, like oh, two weeks ago? Luke was a shambles, man. <laughs> it really um, was rough. And, you know, I, I'm trying to basically start it over again. I would like to push it to early March now for my birthday, but Super Bowl weekend is a tough one. Super Anybody that's trying to watch what they're eating, Super Bowl weekend is just... I mean, it's the, uh, best, the best time for dips, right? Buffalo yeah. chicken dip. This is the peak, the peak time for buffalo chicken dip. Uh, if you're, or if you just, you know, if you're lazy, you know, you just go get your, get your yeah. whatever dip you want at the store and get you some chips and there you go. Like it's nothing like it, man. So 
<laughs> I'm going to try my best to be good throughout the week. That yeah. way I can then, yeah. you know, go all go in on Sunday because I, yeah. I, I love Super Bowl Sunday for the food and that's it. Cause the bears are never in it. So that's true. Know, I got to enjoy Bowl, it somehow. Though. Speaking yeah. of Super Bowl, our, our Bears team, our CHGO Bears team is out in Phoenix. The whole All-City crew, All-City yeah. Network crew is out there. But, um, you know, Adam Ho, Mark Carmen, Nick Moriano, all out there on Radio Row at Super Bowl. So any of you Bears fans or just football fans in general, make sure you're you're keeping up with them because they're going to be producing good in. content all week. I was tuning in to the, today's show. They're, they got a pretty cool setup, and they had uh, some really cool guests on them. So. We got a basketball hoop I saw. I, I get to uh... – I'm going to check the whole podcast out later, but um, it looks like a good time. Everybody's yeah. there. I don't know if I'd ever really want to be a radio role personally. Like, it just seems like I don't know, it's chaos. Uh, chaos is the only way you can describe it. First of all, I'd like to change the name of it to podcast column. I mean, yeah. it's like 2023 here. Pathway, podcast pathway. Yeah, there like you go. Podcast island. There I don't you know, go. something like that. Uh, and then as far as the basketball hoop that is at their all city compound, Adam Hogue was like, man, I don't know what you guys are thinking. Like, we're never going to be there. We're going to be in this conference center pretty much all day, right. all night. And I don't think there's gonna be a lot of one-on-one games going on. So if there are one-on-one games, I'm confident Mark Carmen will come away with an injury before they get there. The way he plays ping pong in the office, he's due for an injury. He's going to get hurt. <laughs> too old. It's too old. All right, guys. All right. So we are, uh, we're closing in on this spring training. Feels like there's finally uh, optimism going towards spring training, right? For the first time in a long time. 32 non roster invitees. I want to talk about uh, of that list, and we'll go through some of the names. Who has a realistic shot of impacting this team? And then are there other guys that are on that list that, are, are simply there to potentially be thrown in trades later. You know, like there certainly there's some depth guys, but are there also some names in there that might be a piece of a trade if you move forward? Um, so the first ner- name that I saw pop up, well, everybody saw Matt Mervis, right? So that, that gets people excited that Matt Mervis is going to be fun to watch. I Don't the three of us still believe that he's, I don't know what he'd have to do in spring training and Cactus League action for him to actually make the opening day roster. I think once they signed Mancini, to me it felt like that's almost – it'd take a miracle for Mervis to make the opening day roster. Do you guys believe that? Uh, I would say that I agree, but if he just has like a Chris Bryant-type spring, maybe that would pull the trigger. Um, but – that would that's like the only thing that would that uh, I could see them doing it. But I again I I don't I don't it would have to be an insane spring. Like like I said, Chris Bryant in twenty fifteen hit nine home runs and they still sent him to to uh yeah. to triple A in which it resulted in a you know a lingering quote unquote bad relationship with him and the Cubs at, at the end of his tenure. But uh that obviously doesn't have I don't think that has any play in this. So um. Yeah, I mean, I think he goes to Triple A, but it would be good. It would be interesting. It would be fun to watch him this spring. Going into what do you think, yeah. Ryan? You'll get a yeah a I, first close look. Yeah, I um, I kind of agree with Cody, but even then, I 
if you, even if he has that kind of spring, I still give it like a, a small, a, a slimmer chance than, than, you know, not even, not even 50, 50 to me at that point still. Um, it's just the way the Cubs have treated the, you know, the position, obviously Matt Murray is the first baseman. He could DH, but he's a, you know, position wise, he's a first baseman. They have two guys that could fill that role capably. And when one of those guys isn't, there's plenty of other, there's, you know, Trey Mancini can DH when Hosmer's playing first base, vice versa. Plus there's a lot of other guys that could play DH on this team or that could DH on this team. Um, so just the way that they've kind of addressed that spot on the roster, it just, it doesn't feel like Mervis has much of a good shot to make the opening day roster. And again, it's not, not any kind of indictment on him and the way he played and, and the, you know, the, the way he impressed last year and how he may play in spring training. It's just, the the roster's pretty full. I mean, he's not even on the forty man roster, so a move in that sense would have right. to be made too. It's just the the roster itself is just kind of full of guys that can take that pressure off of Matt Mervis. And we've talked about it how you know Eric Hosmer is a you know, league minimum signing, right? League minimum money. If it doesn't work out, and then if and Matt Mervis is is mashing in the minor leagues, and then Eric Hosmer gets like a month, and it just is not working out. That's not. A, a tough pill for the Cubs to swallow to, you know, let him go and bring Mervis up. Right, like that—that's that, a scenario that could easily happen during the season. I just—I don't think I see a scenario in which he, you know, is on the opening day roster to start the year. It just—he, the 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 chance is very slim, and I don't even know that a, a like a incredible spring training really shifts it that much right. in, into his favor. Yeah. Well, and you have to weigh really what spring training and cactus leagues game games are too. like a guy can lead the entire cactus league in hitting and then start the season over 28. Like that's just pitchers are working on things. Uh, it's not a, it's not the perfect scenario for evaluating a player, but at least you get to see them in person up close. Um, so if we believe Mervis is most likely headed for a little more developing time before he gets his call, what about a guy like Cam Sanders, who we saw them, you know, we we're wondering whether they were going to protect him on the on the 40 man. And he's a guy that's can throw heat. I feel like the names, even even Mark Leiter or Braylon Marquez or, or Cam Sanders, push all those guys into one group. I think that the relievers are the place where you're most likely to see a guy sneak his way in into the opening roster when the season starts right like i I feel like that's generally where most teams kind of leave the door open a little bit if some guy's hot you might as well ride it maybe cam sanders is that is one of those guys i I saw uh i believe it was his dad that tweeted out like so happy for like him to just get the shot you you want to be in that big league camp because the correct eyes are on you at the right time and you're competing against other big league guys and with the big so you're watching them go about their business every morning you're you're soaking that experience in but then you're also you have the right set of eyes watching you you're not off on some backfield where if you do something well somebody's gonna miss it hopefully somebody's watching you at all times so maybe cam sanders what do you think yeah i mean he was someone that last year we were like i wonder if the cubs would call him up before the end of the year because he really he really showed out as a reliever in iowa and they, they, I think he came up as a starter, but, you know, had some struggles in Iowa as a starter, but then they transitioned him to a reliever. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, 
again, I don't ever admit to being number one on this type of stuff, but uh, he, you know, they would transition into a reliever and he was throwing upper nineties with the fastball, which they don't really have. That's another reason why I'd say he's on the, on the radar. Right. So I, I'd love to, I'd love to see uh, him, you know, if he pitches well, shows command with, with all his pitches. Yeah. I'd love to see him be like this year's Ethan Roberts, for example, like, Ethan Roberts kind of won the job or won his position last year. So um, I, I, I'd i love to see him do that. He, he is, you know, he was drafted in, I think, the top four rounds uh, in the 2018 draft uh, for the Cubs. And if you go back and look at that draft, like there's a lot of names that are familiar on there. And I'd love to see him be uh, another one added to a, you know, a highly touted draft for the Cubs that year. So, um, yeah, I, Especially because he does throw the gas, though, because it, it seems like they need more of that, uh, especially coming out of the bullpen. So I would say him, um, you know, as, as far as a position player, you know, Chase Strump is someone that I, I'm intrigued because he plays third base. And obviously the Cubs have, you know, it looks like it's going to be a committee at third base. I think Morell is probably going to get a really good shot. And so and, and that or him and Wisdom are just going to have, you know, a be a platoon, you know, based off matchups. Um, but he's someone that I know our friends, uh, such as Greg Huss has talked about before. And, uh, as far as position player, he's someone that I'm intrigued to see because it's, it it seems like he might potentially get an opportunity down the road. I, I don't know if he will make it out of camp, but, and I doubt that, but, uh, that's, that's the one position player on here that I'm, that I'm excited about. Yeah, well, I know you mentioned Kyle Sanders, and yeah, he was a guy that he remember he had that developmental list, like one week developmental list stint uh, in July as he kind of moved from starter to the bullpen. And, um, you know, he had a little more success there. I remember talking to Jared Banner, the Cubs vice president of player development, uh, in like August or so, kind of asking just kind of as, you know, a couple of roster spots open up on the, on the big league roster, and, you know, injuries still happen, like who is. Um, you know, some of those triple A names to keep an eye on. And Cam Sanders was one of those guys that he, he mentioned. So um, the Cubs seem uh, think highly of him, um, especially now that he's kind of moved uh, into a bullpen role. Um, but he's not the only arm that intrigues me. I mean, like Danny's Correa is someone we've heard about a lot. Um, there, there's, there's a few guys down there in that list that are maybe not the Cubs, like, you know, top prospects, but relief prospects rarely are right. Um, it, it, any top prospects that end up being big league relievers are generally like starting pitchers that get moved. Um, so there's a lot of depth in that relief pitcher, like triple a, like fringe tier, um, that I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do in big league camp, because these are guys that we've heard, heard a little bit about, didn't get to see all of them last year, of course. Uh, but definitely want to see what they are able to do, um, surrounded by big leaguers facing big league hitters. And then, if any of them happen to make that opening day roster, like that's interesting to me just to see what they could do at the big league level. I saw our buddy Gary in the chat asking like any surprises on the list, anybody that's kind of shocking. I don't there. I noticed any shocking names. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, you forget that David Bodie's invited to camp. You almost forget about David Bodie on the roster. At least I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know where, Bodie fits into their plans. Uh, obviously he's depth, you know, he's depth in the organization, but I think, you know, what you have there. So I don't, I don't know that they're, 
there's a ton of evaluation you need to do with David Bodie going into uh, the Cactus League season and throughout spring training. A surprise. How about my guy? EQ. <laughs> Esteban Kiro, the man from who you got, guys. Nice. <laughs> By him being a legend. Yeah, because he's a non-roster invitee here, that potentially could mean three more points added on to my total, which would make me a champion oh, last year. God. The no, real one. I, I, won, I won the playoff. I won the playoff uh, who you got, so I was the real champion. You get the regular season title, but I got the overall title. No, I, I got the regular season title. I still haven't decided. Did, I don't remember. You know, I know, I know that matter. the commissioner has asked that I take over for the sanctity and – we're gonna get a whiteboard and put like like have an actual thing for this because but a yeah. whiteboard anybody can erase a little grease board anybody <laughs> can fix that that that's all right all I right. don't know how look I don't know I just know that I'm not freaking counting all the points all season again like I did last we'll year just, which I didn't we'll even start until like May <laughs> exactly that's what I'm saying I could have easily won regular season two we'll we'll never know. Should we maybe Besides do the fact a, that uh, I ended up got, getting zero because I bet all my points on one game. On that's, days that's when awesome. we have podcasts, live podcasts, so let's say we're Monday through Thursday for us, right? Should we do a Cactus League, who you got, and keep score? Just to, just to kind of test out the new formula for how we're going to do this and test out different ways we can make it better. Fix the who you got. Start with some Cactus League games where you got to pick a guy that you don't even – you've never even heard the name, and he's going to show up, and he's going to play the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. Could or how be, about this? Ryan could be catching the seventh inning if he's there. We don't how know. About this? <laughs> I, I had the idea that just I'll because, you know, we tend to we tend to bring our own biases into who you got because don't we want to win. <laughs> we, because we have the YouTube polls in the chat, we put the polls in the chat and let the people pick. And by the end, you know, by the end of every – show we do we'll have an answer on who you know who wins who you got boy that's awfully that that's that uh, that could be tainted results right there i've seen how you guys schmooze mike dubs on this podcast i don't know like, oh, a lot mike of dubs is the greatest and then, see, and then the next day it's gary you a lot of people are here because of you luke people will vote for yeah. you just because no, it's you. that's not true have these people they don't even I, remember they're all like who is that old? Who's the old guy that doesn't know how to log on? And I trust, I trust the you. people. I trust the people to be fair and I don't know. unbiased. I trust fair them. I trust all you in the chat. Barbara wants I us to get back on track. You say that, Ryan. Oh my gosh. Bar- Barbara wants us to get them. back on track. She says Brennan Little might be a good candidate. Well, he, he did come up uh, yeah, last year in Toronto, Toronto series, yeah. And he didn't do very well, but he was a I think he was a first round pick for the Cubs back in 17. Um yeah, I mean yeah. the bullpen still seems very sus right now in terms of proving guys. Um but again, I'm not too worried about it, but you know, if of the bullpen guys outside of Cam Sanders like we already talked about, I'm intrigued about Ben Leeper. I'm intrigued about Bailey Horn, who came over from the White Sox for I think it was Ryan Tapera. Yeah. Um, obviously, Braylon Marquez is a name hmm. uh, that we've talked about for years and years. Uh, to see the who Cubs, knows? you know, bring him yeah. back after they basically cut him, uh, you know, shows that they still have some hope for him. I think it, as more of a reliever at this point. So we'll see. And then obviously, Manny Rodriguez has shown some you know, good, good innings at the major league level. So they got some, they got some relievers here that I'm excited about. 
Um, Brennan Little isn't near the top of it, but for sure, I mean, if they whatever they can get out of him would be great because I, I just I just don't know what to expect from him specifically. Yeah, so. it feels like another another season where, like you said, they don't have a lot of proven relievers, and as you know, injuries will happen. That's just baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you're probably going to see a lot of names that you probably maybe you weren't even expecting to see at various points of the year um just because that i I know jed has talked about wanting to get to a point where they are you know the cubs are developing their own bullpen guys like their whole bullpen is full of guys that they've developed in their system they aren't they are still a ways away from doing that but bringing up their own bull instead of like going out and signing random relievers off the market like bringing up their own guys who are kind of ready for that big league audition uh will help Mm -hmm. them get there a lot quicker than than if they do a, a different route yeah you see Michael Collada says he's been watching yeah, since he was 10. So that means, you know, I've been doing this about 81 years, something like that. What a slanderous comment from our friend yeah. Michael Collada. Love it. <laughs> Did you see the thumbs up we got on the uh, – again, if you're watching live on YouTube, if you're not, you're missing out. Uh, we got the thumbs up for a like from Frank Schwindel going around the base. <laughs> <laughs> we going we, around the bases. That's a great we, shot. We we need a we need an actual cub to go around the bases with this thumbs up or something, yeah. Uh, so we can replace that. that Maybe said, we could suggest that still... to uh, some current Cubs players. Hey, if you hit home run, could you give us the thumbs up as you go around second? We'd appreciate it. <laughs> uh, did you guys notice that uh, Rich Beesterfeld put up uh, some pictures of Kate Horton at camp? Mm-hmm. I did see that. Was, that. I yeah. mean, that's a guy I really want to see in a Cactus League game. That that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to see him pitch in a game this spring, just to see some sort of a, a little bit of something. Give us a taste yeah. of the uh, you know the first round pick from twenty twenty two. Some some people will say, you know, highest ceiling of anybody in the organization or one of the top. He kind of shot up, and that's why they drafted him. I, I thought it was he, first of all, Rich does great picture takes great pictures, and I feel like he takes the pictures of the people the players that all the fans are out there thinking like, I wonder if so-and-so is in camp yet. And then you follow his Twitter, which is uh, at B I E S T 22. And I-, I swear to you, like every day I think of somebody that the next day that person's face. Oh, yeah. He's been uh, posting a lot of Nico content too. I'm sure that's making uh, Brendan very happy. He's tagging Brendan in those pictures <laughs> just because he knows. Um, yeah. But no, but going back to Kate Horton, like I agree with you, Luke. That's someone I really want to see. Soul, I mean, not solely, but like mainly because of the fact that he didn't pitch last year for the Cubs. They didn't try to rush right. him into any, you know, rookie league games or anything like that. Like they drafted him and then just kind of let him do his thing for the next few months until, you know, all season started and he started to kind of get his own thing going. But he didn't pitch in like a, a game setting for the Cubs last year. Um, so this is really going to be the first time we see that. Um, and so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what Kate Horton does. You know, we hear we've just kind of heard a lot about him, you know, post draft. Right. The, the the pick out of the draft kind of like right out of the way felt like a little bit of a shock, felt like maybe a little bit of a reach. Uh, but the more I know, like, um, you know, some of the the national prospect guys I've talked about, he was the best college pitcher in the draft. Right. They, the Cubs got the best college pitcher they could have gotten. Cubs had a great pick like. And then you hear more about what he does on the mound, his pitch repertoire, all this stuff. And you kind of get the feeling like, okay, like now we hear the good things. I want to see it. I want to see it. I want to see him pitch on the mound. I want to see him pitch in a, a spring game. I want to see what he can do. 
Um, because if if this is if what we're hearing is true, like this could be a, a very solid rotation piece for the Cubs moving forward at you know obviously at cheap rate, right? Um, so I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do in spring. I see yeah, Rick I mean, going to chat. By the way, is there Cody? Is there a guy, a, a player you can think of? I've already seen Triantos pictures. I've already seen PCA photos. I've already seen Miguel Amaya photos. Who's the Who's the prospect or the player that you'd like to see some photographs of? Who Who are you itching to see in a Cubs uniform? Well, if anyone knows me, I want to see my guy Max Bain out there. I don't even know if he's oh, reported yet. Right. I haven't sent him a text. Front of the program, Max Bain. Huge, huge year ahead, Max Bain. Yeah. Um, but catapult season. Yeah, but you know maybe. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he has done this, and maybe I haven't seen it. But maybe some Ryan Jensen, for instance, oh, or yeah. uh, just added to the forty man. Yeah, this off season. Uh, I'd like to see some Ryan Jensen. Um, I see Rich says that Max isn't in the ca- in camp yet. I'm gonna text Max and tell him to get his ass out there. <laughs> so uh, somebody anyway. in the chat says Otani. <laughs> Otani, yes, yes, that would be good. I don't know. A lot of people showed up early. I mean, we've already seen, uh, you know, a lot of the free agent guys, except for Swanson. But, you know, I I, uh, I guess just like someone says Jackson Ferris, that, you know, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I'd love to see what he looks like in a Cubs spring training uniform. Um, but, yeah, no. Regarding Kate Horton, though, like we were talking about, I was seeing a lot of discourse related to just the Cubs drafting him instead of Cam Collier uh, last summer this weekend for some weird reason. I have no idea why people were talking about this on Cubs Twitter, but uh, I I understand it from a sense because he plays third base and he's already in the MLB top 100. But I think that we could see Cam Horton enter the top 100 by midseason. Uh, so I, you know, yeah, I'm with you, Ryan. Like, I'm excited to see what he can do because, yeah, they said he's the best college pitcher in the draft. So, you know, let's see what he can do. And if if he does get in that top 100 by midseason, then, you know, I don't I think hopefully the the discourse related to who the Cubs drafted, I think that ends will end pretty the, quickly. The problem I have with that is you don't draft for positions of need now. No. You don't do that. That's a stu- honestly it's a stupid way of looking at it because this guy you might draft may may not be up for three more years and you would hope in those three years you have found your answer to a to a whole a long-term answer right so to say they should have taken this guy because he plays third base and the cubs we need one he's not going to affect the cubs third base hole for a few years if if they, if they were to draft him so to to draft based on positional need you know present day positional need is just mm-hmm. a dumb way to do it and i i mean like the cubs rightfully so didn't look at it that way like they they saw this guy best college pitcher in 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 the the draft could easily be up in the next couple of years to help out the the rotation or whatever it is like that seemed a lot more like it, it it felt right it felt better than them trying to go and get this young hitter who's going to take a few years and and maybe we'll plug up this hole they could do because you, you think about it, especially a big market team like the cubs they could go out and get some they should be able to go out and get somebody to fill that role it, there's, there's no need to think about, oh, they should have drafted this. Or even, you know, I remember someone talking about Brooks Lee at the Cubs convention in the same sense. It's like, why you know, is a high school hitter not going to be ready for a few years? If the Cubs haven't found a third baseman by the time that guy is ready, then, then that's a different indictment on the team. 
Yeah. And it's different than it's different than the NFL. Like we believe the Bears have their quarterback in Justin Fields, so they're probably not taking a quarterback. At least that's what most people think. Mm-hmm. This is different because you have developmental leagues mm-hmm. leading up to the major leagues. Like there's there's a usually a long stretch of development time before the guy gets there, anyways. Like Ryan is saying. Now the Cubs have kind of shown their hand in that they did go pitching heavy for a while, right? Like they may go pitching or offense like they didn't, you know, before 2016, but they're not going to go, we need a third baseman. So let's just take the best third baseman that's on the list. So that's, yeah. I, I would agree with that part. Uh, Cody, what do you have for DraftKings coming up? Because this is like gambler's paradise here. Oh yeah. This is the reason that we just download the DraftKings app and, uh, you know, use code CHO when you sign up, it's the, the best we're leading up to the best game of the year. Uh, Outside of when the Cubs go to the World Series, of course. Um, <laughs> anyway, so if you're ready for the biggest sports or the biggest Sunday in sports, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boost. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 and 9 p.m. Eastern time. So that would be uh, 5 and 7 I, or 5 and 8 Central time. Am I doing that correctly? What are the times? 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern time. So it would be – Eastern time is an hour ahead of us, right? You're so saying that, 9 Eastern is, is 8 Central. 8 Central. There you go. I'm really bad at time. I'm really bad at math, guys. Although uh, when you get to Arizona, that turns me all around. Where they, sometimes it's this time of day. In, in my defense, time of day. in my defense, Adam Hogue was trying to read this ad uh, in the Bears podcast, and he he too struggled with the math. Well, so, you know, I know um, I don't ever know what time it is in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you, there's a three hour a three hour time slot there where you can use you can get these uh, the, the the super boost or or whatever they're calling it. Um, I'm right now I'm leaning the Eagles to win outright. I ain't going to mess with that spread, uh, but there's time for me to change my mind. However, I was looking at the coin flip markets today, plus 100 for heads and tails. I mean, tails never fails. I, I like that one. I, I take tails every year. Anyway, you can do it all on DraftKings Sportsbook. You download it right now and use code CHGO. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Guys, our next partner is a product I've been using for almost a year now. Started almost. it AG1 because I didn't have time, wanted better gut health, more energy, and an optimized immune system. Now I've been on it, like I said, almost a year, and it doesn't taste super healthy. Instead, it's got a tropical taste, and it is super healthy. It's delicious. So here's what it is. One scoop of AG1, you absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Special blend of ingredients supporting your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy recovery, focus, aging, all those things. I get a boost of energy, so I take it empty stomach first thing in the morning, and there I go. Lifestyle-friendly, too, whether you're keto Paleo, vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, you're all good with AG1. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance for less than three bucks a day. 
recommended by professional athletes, more than 7,000 five-star reviews. So right now, reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. You don't need a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do, listen up, visit athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Cubs. Again, athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Cubs to take ownership over your health. Pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I had that sugar cookie. I felt bad about it. First sweet, you know, in more than a month in 2023. What did I do this morning? Got right back to basics. Back to basics, baby. Went right back to the AG1 in the morning. And by the way, how do I know that my phone is listening to me all the time? My Instagram feed every day now has an AG1 ad that just comes floating through. I'll be flipping through Instagram, looking for Cubs info on there. And all of a sudden, there's AG1 reminding me, get back to basics. Get back to basics. Start with the gut Because they're listening. They're listening. That's right. I had to get my AG1 on Sunday because I went on a bender Saturday after Illinois broke my heart. So uh, I watched that. I needed – I I I uh I had a lot of AG1 yesterday. Yeah. That was I, I got to tell you I don't think I haven't watched a ton of Illinois basketball but that was the first game that I watched like pretty much the whole game. Mm. They're not that good. They're Damn, not that good. You're gonna, like that me, you're gonna say that to me live on YouTube right now to my face with all <laughs> yeah. these people watching. Well, I don't know that I was that good either. I just watched Illinois. I was like, mm. yeah. I thought Illinois played their best game since they beat Texas on Saturday. So I know, but then they then they blew it. Yeah, helps whenever you let Tony Perkins shoot fifteen free throws or whatever. Dude's <laughs> literally the size of Ryan. So whatever. Mike Dub what? says the balloon was listening. Let's not get into that. <laughs> Just stay away from the balloon stories. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about let's talk about Jed Hoyer going on with uh, Heyman and Sherman on the show podcast. Uh, first thing that last week, out, by the way, for yeah, last listening. last week, and he he's there's a quote in there where he talks about we're on the front edge, so we're, we keep talking about the next great team and, and where the prospects are coming. Now he now he's saying we're at the front edge, so I wonder how many times that's going to pop up this season. And he he did admit that you know talked about the hard decisions and the job is hard decisions. And Theo left a year earlier than they expected him because he wanted him to make those hard decisions. Right. And he believes in his heart that he said, he's confident those decisions will lead to a very good place in the future. Listen, I hope so. And I hope this is the front edge of it. What what I don't want to do is look back again. They can't take a step back this season. All the steps have to be forward. Now there's, there's been enough of, two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward. That's over. Last year, what did I say was all about evaluation and exploration? That can't be this season. I agree. And I, I think he realizes that based on a lot of the moves that they made this offseason, right? A lot of them are stopgap moves. A lot of them, there are still some gamble moves, but they're clearly stopgap moves waiting for the next wave of players to come in. But, 
We've been talking all offseason about these potential extensions for Ian Happ and Nico Horner. Those are the two names we really talk about, right? We, we've thrown out some other names saying, you know, should they talk to Justin Steele? Should they talk to this player? But really, it's been Nico Horner and Ian Happ that we've talked about. There's a quote in here from this podcast that I think kind of shows you what to expect here. And what it shows you is that the next week is really important. He was asked about the uh, Rizzo negotiations in 21. And he said that one of the things he learned is he said, we negotiated during spring training. I don't think I'd like to do that much anymore. I'm going to try to avoid that. It started the season off on a bad front. He went on to say about how he drives with his dogs to and from Arizona every year. And that year in 21, after the negotiations carried through spring training all the way, he said he was driving home and all he could hear on the radio was people talking about Rizzo, how he didn't have a deal done. And, you know, the team was in first place for a while, like into June, but it, it obviously fell apart and then they start tearing things down. Mm-hmm. He felt it le- left a bad taste in Rizzo's in e- not just Rizzo's, everybody's mouth. And so he's not going to do it again. That makes me believe if you if you take that for what he says, that if a deal's going to get done with Ian Happ, it's got about ten days, about ten days to get it done. Or I'd be surprised if Ian Happ is a Cub beyond this season. Yeah, he um, he said and he said that multiple times throughout the mm-hmm. off season that he you know doesn't want to uh, do negotiations in spring training. He'd like to get kind of extensions and all that stuff done pre you know pre spring training. Um, but I, I, I'd agree, but I don't, I also don't think it rolls it out. Um, you know, again, the, the Cubs and, you know, Ian Happ have a good relationship. They understand the business of baseball, both sides. Um, they came to that agreement on arbitration, um, you know, before, or they came yeah on, on, on a contract before having to go to arbitration. Um, I don't think it rules it out an extension. I, I, but I would agree that it, if it doesn't happen by the time, you know, they all, everyone reports to spring training and everything's starting. If the, a deal isn't done by then, it's going to make well, it hard. February 20th. You're saying first yeah. team workout. I, I say if it's not done by then, it, it'll make it, it'll make it tough to see as a, an extension coming, um, you know, later on, especially when, you know, looking at Jed's words, looking at just how hard it is to get an extension done during the season, like players, Obviously, players' agents work on those things, but players also want to be involved in that. But then they're also focusing on playing baseball at the same time, and that's tough. That's why I think everyone on both sides wants likes to get those things done before spring training even starts. So I, I say, I mean, you give it, what, the 20, that's two weeks from today. That's still a lot of time to get something like that done if they so choose. Um, but if it doesn't get done by then, then I, I, I'll agree that it's tough to see that getting done after that point. Uh, just to play devil's advocate, didn't say that they didn't say that they wouldn't try in season. And, uh, you know, related to Rizzo, you know, Rizzo was very adamant about how he didn't want to mess with it in season at all. So I don't know how much it has an effect. I'm just, again, playing devil's advocate here with it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, otherwise, I do agree. Uh, I'm just saying that it would honestly probably boost my offseason grade to. B plus A minus if they're able to get an extension done with him or Horner. Uh, just because, I mean, I just can't, I can't fathom the Cubs wanting to go into another 
season with like contract extension distraction talk again. I mean, this has been a thing for like five years, five years, every single year. Last year, it's Wilson Contreras. The year before that, we're just talking about with Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, and those three the previous years. So, like, I just I can't fathom the Cubs wanting to even even want to be in, in any kind of, you know, just discourse related to that, and especially after the offseason that they had. It was they they went into the offseason with a ton of momentum after going 39 and 31. You made some really good moves to make this team more competitive and with an outside chance of maybe making the playoffs this year. You're bringing a lot of momentum going into this year. Signing Hap to an extension or Horner to an extension would absolutely be would only make the future seem more bright for this team, uh, you know, moving forward if they can get it done. So, you know, that's that's kind of how I feel about it. And, uh, you know, what Hoyer said in that podcast related to to all he, like he's he spoke on all three. Like he he talked about how the, the grievance with Bryant played a factor straight up said it he brought up the grievance he said that they were very close with Baez, uh but then COVID came and somehow that just ruins everything uh which he also said at the very beginning of that conversation that like openly for the first time said that um you know with COVID came and that mean and that meant that they had to sh- to to shred payroll, he, payroll like, yeah. he basically openly said it and and then like we we just talked about with the Rizzo thing so I don't know, man. Like that's just kind of how I feel with with all of it. Is that the Cubs will do themselves some favors if they just just pay one of those two, like extend one of those two, whatever it is, because it's just a distraction that's only going to bring the team down. You think Hap wants to answer all these questions again? No, but he's gonna. I I guarantee you that the first time Ian Hap is interviewed. In Arizona, he will get that question. The second Absolutely. time he's interviewed by somebody different, he will get that question. The yeah. next time the next TV station shows up, he will get that question. And the first time that Jed Hoyer sits down at Sloan Park at a table, the microphone's in front of him, and he's asked all the questions at opening press conference. One of the first ones, the first two or three questions, one of them will be about where are you at with extension talks for Ian Happ and Nico Horner. So – he knows the questions are coming. And at that point he will have to give an answer. Um, I, it may not be a hard deadline, but those comments, like Ryan says, he said it enough times now that I believe he has learned a lesson that he doesn't want. He doesn't want to have to answer that question multiple times. So maybe let's, let's, let's just use Hap as the example. Let's say they're close with Hap and it's just a matter of, half a million dollars or it's it's something close to two hundred thousand dollars i believe that yes if, if it was that close they might let it slide into like the first two days of camp but i don't believe you're gonna three weeks into camp have negotiations going on because for the first time in multiple years you finally have good vibes as cody likes to say good vibes going into a spring training and you do not want failed extension talks or a lack of extension talks or whatever you want to call them sucking the vibe down. You, you don't want that just being taken away from you in off season where you made some moves that people are finally happy about and excited to see the development. You don't want to kill. 
listen, if you're going to compete for a wild card or the division this year, we all know a lot of things are going to have to go right. Yeah. But it's a bad division. A lot of the things have to go right, and and you certainly don't want to start it off on the wrong foot. You don't want to start it with negativity at the beginning of camp. So if it's Nico Horner, I don't really think it's that big of a deal because they could just wait till next year to do have the same conversation with Nico. For me, I believe if it's Hap, if it's not done when those first two days of camp, forget it. Like it's it's not happening. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. It's just we'll, we'll see. We'll yeah, we will. Um, the Cubs will do themselves some favors if they just get it done with one of the two. I, I at this point, I don't care which one. I just want one I, of the two. Extended. I do. I will say that if you're talking about urgency, Nico was probably the less urgent of them, just because sure. he's on his first arbitration year. Which obviously, had, like just just by the way the arbitration years go, Hap is on his last arbitration year. If you want to resign, if you want to resign both of them, Hap is the one that needs to happen this offseason, of course. Um, I've seen people in the chat. I think is evil wax set of the two. I think there's a stronger chance of them extending Horner than Hap. If we're talking this offseason, I don't know, but just like overall, like which one is more likely to get an extension? I, I think I, I think I lean Horner too. Yeah, I mean the versatility infield and he's younger and all of those things. So I, I don't disagree with that. Uh, I did find it interesting that um, when he was talking about 2016. Like Cody said, he, he he did mention that a lot of things went wrong. They tried to make the offers. We've heard most of that stuff before. But um, he did talk at the very end of the podcast. Uh, he, want, he was asked, what lesson have you learned? And he said, I think you have to adapt when you're on top. There's a human tendency when you're on the top of the mountain to look around and enjoy the view and feel good about the hike you just went on. That's the moment you have to get back to work. And he did say he was going to speak in general terms right before he made that quote on the podcast. And two things jumped out. One is, or a couple things. One, he talked about how chemistry is fleeting and that that's something he's talked about with Dave Ross. Okay, without being too general, he just told us that chemistry wasn't right on the team after 2016. Something wasn't the same about that group of guys that bonded together over coming up to the big leagues getting there, having no worries and being like, we're going to be the team to do it. We're the guys to do it. We're, we're the best friends that anybody could have. And we saw that stretch of baseball where the Cubs were constantly looking for a leader, right? The right type of leader. Now we know Jason Hayward was one of those guys, but from of the core guys, they wanted one of those guys to be able to be the voice and the type of leader they wanted. I don't think they ever found that. And that's another reason why maybe they didn't they made they made quality offers in the, at least the way it looks in hindsight. But I'm not sure they went over and beyond for anybody because I'm not sure they saw the right leadership or chemistry out of that. And you know he, he talks about you have to make you have to change when you're at the top. If I'm reading behind the lines, there he's not just talking about himself. Without saying it, he's talking about the players, the guys that wouldn't adjust their swing, the guys that wouldn't wouldn't talk to a certain hitting coach about doing certain things a certain way because they – listen, I understand it. They won the World Series at a young age, and they're all like, why would I Why would I change? Well, because the rest of the league is changing, and it finally caught up to some of these guys, and they weren't able to take it from 
this level to the next level. Instead, they kind of hovered back and some of them regressed a little bit. So I think, you know, I don't want to get into it too much, but I do believe that there is some blame to go around on both sides. And I don't think he's strictly talking about himself when he says you have to make change. That said, we've, we've mentioned many times on this podcast, they probably should have broken it up a year earlier or two years earlier. With, well, yeah, with I mean, one or two guys, not all of them, but they should have made decisions earlier than they did. It was very interesting when he was talking about like the you know should have made changes earlier, what they learned along the way to to avoid going back into this side the side of state. I mean, like I love all those guys forever. Like Chris Bryant, <laughs> the slander I read about Chris Bryant on the internet to this day pisses me off like no other. But yeah, the guy has been injury prone the last few years, you know, and Javi Baez has been awful in, in Detroit right now. These, the only, like Rizzo is the only one where you can say, yeah, we probably, we probably wish we could have kept him not only because of what he did for the organization, but he's he played well in New York and maybe that ballpark has helped him out to increase those power numbers back up to, you know, the 2016, 2017 years that he had. But yeah, I mean, he's right when it comes to, them just kind of like not wanting to adjust and, and go with the rest of the league. I won't, I won't say that he's wrong about that. There's a reason that that team in 2018 couldn't go farther. They just, they just didn't know how to hit at the end of the year for some weird reason. The same thing happened in 2019 too, even though I, I will forever argue that in 2019, that team could have been better if they just would have, you know, fixed the roster, but instead they signed Daniel Descalso. And then because Ben Zobris left to go deal with his wife, who was cheating on him, they were able to sign Craig Kimbrell. So, I mean, there's, again, there are faults to both sides there, you know what I mean? And so, but when it comes to like what happened in 18, yeah, I, I agree with Jed on that. And I also agree that, yeah, they should have shook up the roster after 18. Mm -hmm. But again, they didn't do that. It's just. You know who agrees with you? Yeah. Fernando, super chat. It's all about vibes and Dell metrics. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for super chat, Fernando. <laughs> Go ahead, um, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I do remember talking to Jed. Uh, it was actually when they were playing the White Sox and, and just kind of, uh, you know, talking about that. Like one of the questions was just kind of what, he talked about how they wanted to build sustain like sustained success after 16 and they didn't and so one of the questions was obviously like how what or what did you learn from that lack of sustained success over you know after like four years what did you learn from that that this next time around you could actually sustain it longer uh and that you know what you guys are talking about was really it like they talked about how they or he he talked about how they they really wanted to do it again with that group you know, that group of guys that came up in 16 and were were the young guys, but they were huge, right? Bryant, Contreras, Rizzo, Baez. Like, they wanted to do it again with them. And, and you know, they the, the not they just didn't gel at the same time after that, right? They didn't gel. Um, they didn't see uh, the huge improvements that they wanted out of a lot of those guys. I mean, you guys got better, but they were, it wasn't all, you know, uh, the development is not linear is the cliche, right? But it just it wasn't happening at the same time where those guys were able to repeat what they had, what they had done in 2016, and that also comes from the fact of you know they lost Dexter Fowler, right? Jason Hayward didn't really live up to that contract any more than he did in 2016. You know, some Zobrist, you mentioned Zobrist, Cody. It was like a lot of these things just went in the wrong direction, but they held on because they wanted to do it with those core group of guys, and obviously it didn't happen. And so Jed has admitted that 
that's one of the big lessons that he learned is that yeah, you want to do it with the guys that you, you know you you brought up, you drafted, you kind of developed into these all stars that won the World Series. But there is a there does come a point where you're hold on too long. You hold out hope that they could find that magic again for too long. And I know Luke's been saying it since last year, like they should have traded some of those guys sooner than they did. Right? They shouldn't have waited until their free agent years, their walk years, to trade them. And I think Jed has kind of come around to that realization, like, yeah, we held on to maybe we held on the hobby too long. Maybe we could have traded him for something earlier or, you know, Chris Bryant or whoever it was that they may have traded earlier. Um, I think he started to come to that realization that mm-hmm. just overall, no matter who it was, overall, they held on to that core too long and tried to find that magic again when it, when it just wasn't going to happen. The name, that we haven't even, the name that we haven't mentioned is Schwarber. I mean, the guy had a really good 2019, especially in the second half. And, uh, you know, they could have if they wanted to make a trade, they could have moved him because at that point he was still kind of a streaky hitter and you didn't know what you're going to get. You know, we me and Luke especially still can't get over the fact that they let him walk for nothing. And like that's like I remember in my headspace at that time was after especially after 18 and and even and even 19. I was like, okay, like Schwarber looks like a guy that you could probably move and get some value for uh, while also, you know, still like keeping your, your core around and then they didn't. And then, you know, to see how everything else played out is yeah. You just look at back in hindsight and you're like, what are we doing? So that's just one example, but like you could do that with all a slew of them. So, Every one of them, Chris Bryant, yeah. you could do it too. Like the, the nagging injuries that he had also, 18, if, if you knew you weren't going to resign him and you thought, you know what, this team isn't, going to win the world series you could have gotten more but some of the nagging injuries also played into that you don't want to you want to sell him at a high you don't want to sell him where he's coming off an injury and he's proven to somebody there are factors and i fully understand why they felt like let's run it back one more time with these guys let's give this group if there's any group in baseball history that you didn't want to break up because you wanted to give them one more shot to prove it as a group I understand why that was the group, yeah. you know, yeah. heck fans are still mad that they broke up the group, even though right. we clearly know that it was time to break up the group. So, and, but again, though, to see how it all plays out now, because winning's not guaranteed with this next group of young players, but if mm-hmm. they are successful, it'll be interesting to see if they really did learn from their lessons because baseball is a funny sport. A guy can be great. Look at Cody Bellinger. A guy can be great one year and three – he could be the MVP of the league and three years later you could be like, well, we're just going to let him go. Yeah. that That's how fast it changes in baseball. Yeah. So you you have to be ready. You have to be keen enough with the eye and watching it with your scouts to know or at least think you know when's the right time to move on from one player and don't let your heart get involved. And maybe the Cubs let their hearts get involved a little too much the first time around. And to round this out, like, yeah, we're sitting here and we're talking about, oh, the guys didn't do this, they didn't do that, you know, they regress, all this. At the same time, you can argue that the front office not being more aggressive, especially after 2019, is just an, is even more of a disservice to helping that team even be good. Especially especially yeah. after 2019, but it all honestly started after 2018. Like, I'm... I, when you are the Chicago Cubs, when you are a big market franchise like they are, I'm just saying, like I, 
there there's fault around for both sides. So I just want to round it out with that by because I don't want to be I don't want people to look at us like we're blaming the players fully. It, no, it, no, 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 not no. just the players. <laughs> uh, both sides, hundred percent, all the way around. Uh, Ryan, do you have any uh, DraftKings uh, gambling tips for us on? potentially NBA teams. I've stopped the watching the Bulls. I can't handle it anymore. Um, well, I mean, it, uh, betting on the Bulls is so hard. Like, it, <laughs> like you don't know what's going to happen on, on a game-by-game basis. Um, but I will say DraftKings is, is where I love to go. If I'm betting on NBA, I'm going to go to DraftKings. DraftKings, you know, it, it's it's my favorite sports betting app. You know, Cody – Cody likes to wake up, roll over, open his phone, and open up DraftKings. I've I've started to get into that, right? I've started to kind of take after Cody's Cody's lead. Um, NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet five dollars and win two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no sweat same game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place the same game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back. And actually, I did do that. I did do that for a Bulls game. Lost it by, like, I think I put, like, eight legs and, like, only two of them hit, something like that. Um, but I got that I got that bonus bet back, and then I used that over the weekend for the Bulls game, and that one hit. So it was, like, mm. it's basically, like, my first bet hit, right? I didn't lose any money in that deal. Uh, it was sweet. Um, so that, But that's, you know, those – same game, no sweat parlays. DraftKings got them, and those are huge for for anyone that wants to bet parlays but doesn't love it. Those are huge. Download the DraftKings app now and sign up with code CHGO. New customers can bet five dollars on the NBA and get two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly. Only only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Very nice. Going to be a lot of gambling. I hope there's some prop bets. We might tackle that later in the uh, later in the week. Just see if there's any prop bets that we could tackle here as a group, maybe okay. for the Super Bowl. And then are the, you know I wish there were like some cool prop bets for baseball before this season, like really fun stuff. Not you know, I, I don't I don't know what it'd be. plus three ten. Yeah, I saw Dubs put that. In. That's not crazy. <laughs> I'm you, no, I, I think that's great value. I think it's great value. I think <laughs> half the I, league I know, makes the playoffs. Honestly, that's the one. That's the one where all of us should put in, you know, 10, 20 bucks. We'll put it together and make it all on one. We'll make a CHGO Cubs uh, account for DraftKings, and that where will be our bet that? for the year. We have a meeting after this with the bosses. We're gonna have to bring that up again. Again, we need a CHGO Cubs account that can be followed <laughs> financially throughout the season. That somehow and, has a social or was it a social security number? I think that DraftKings needs yeah. from you to prove yes. that you're a person. Yep. Yeah, well, we'll exactly. use Jake's. We'll use yeah, Jake's we'll use again. Jake's. <laughs> <laughs> or we'll use Brendan's. Either way, Brent, yeah. Brendan seems so, you know, there you go. Trustworthy that I feel like we could use his and he wouldn't steal our money, but we could all divide <laughs> the cash. And if we lose money, then it's uh, Cody's responsibility. He sells from shoes. Uh, <laughs> coming up the rest of the week, we've got some. More interviews coming from Cubs convention, by the way. Uh, Keegan Thompson tomorrow, which will be a lot of fun. And you'll find out whether or not he knows that Cody calls him the mayor on a regular basis. <laughs> we we did ask him, do you know that you're called the mayor by Cody Del Mendo? And uh, it's, it's an interesting reaction. I'll just say that. 
We'll just leave it at that. That's what we call it. I haven't it. seen it, so I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, reacting to his reaction. And uh, based off how that feels will depend on if I ever run into the guy, what I'm going to say. So uh, That's right. There you go. <laughs> we'll see. Tune in tomorrow to see my reaction. And uh, we have uh, one with Hayden Wisniewski still coming up. I believe that will probably air on Thursday. Uh, and then, you know, Boy, spring training is basically here at that point, you know. Well, then right. we've amped up far enough that we're almost, almost a cactus league action. Is there a? I've been trying to think of who we really, really want to hear from. It kind of goes back to the photo thing, but who do you really want to hear from at spring training? Like, obviously, Mervis is one of the biggest names because most people want to know what is this guy. You know, who is he? What is he? Braylon Marquez might be the guy. Braylon Marquez is a good one too. See how he's feeling. Yeah. There's I got to tell you, for me, the number one name I want to hear from, I want to hear from Brendan Davis. I, I want to know exactly how he's feeling, where his confidence is at, how tough last year. What did he ever get to a point where he was like, this isn't going to work? What were doctors telling him? All of the, I think, I think Brendan Davis is a fascinating story going into spring training because if you just take it back one year, we were all thinking this guy could be on the opening day roster. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where you're at now. Maybe you're back to that same point. I hope we're back to that same point. Yeah. De La Cruz says Killian as well. I think that's it. That, Killian's that's, a good that's one a too. Name. That's a name. Yeah. There's a lot like there's, there's, a, you can probably make a list because there's a lot of like, oh, if this guy does this, then the Cubs could be good or the farm system will rise. You know what I mean? Like, so, but Brennan Davis, as far as the future, the immediate future, yeah, that's that might be number one on the list. Michael Collada, I don't know what this is. Michael says he needs to get a hold of our office. How do I do it? Well, that's this is dangerous. Now we've yeah. gone dangerous. We can't go into the, the Discord, man. Yeah, Discord. Discord's where it's at. Uh, anyways, we will see you again. 120 coming up tomorrow. We'll be in studio. We'll have the Keegan Thompson interview, whether or not he knows he's the mayor, and we'll have more Cubs talk for you right here at the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sports book. Make sure you download the app. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel for CHGO Sports. And until Tuesday, fly the W.